Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, I'm thrilled to have with me Kim Sorel. He's an entrepreneur, director of a humanitarian organization, a public speaker, and the author of two books. Her first book, Cry Until You Laugh, is about her breast cancer experience and her husband's battle with pancreatic cancer after being diagnosed four months apart. Her second book, Love Is, chronicles her year-long quest to figure out the true meaning of love. Kim, welcome to the Success Great Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I love your podcast. Everyone should listen to it. So I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Awesome, awesome. I am thrilled to have you here as well. Kim, I want I want you to tell us first, me and the Success Secret Nation, like your story, because from the introduction that I read, you had issues with uh, and your husband, you had problems, you had sickness in your life. So what happened there? How did you deal with that? Sure. Yeah, well, I, I am an entrepreneur as well. I started my first business right out of high school. So for the entrepreneurs out there, I can totally relate and have been in business my whole life. And so that's been part of my journey. But uh, I was very shocked when I was diagnosed with cancer, when I got that phone call. And uh, it just kind of sends you reeling. And it was odd because my husband started getting stomach pain a little bit after, just within a few weeks after I was diagnosed. And he went to the doctor and nothing. They didn't run a test. They didn't do anything. Went again, didn't do anything. And so it was four months after my diagnosis that finally he, they did run some tests and he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he passed away six weeks later. No, sort of. So yeah, it was a crazy time because uh, I personally don't know any couple that they both had cancer at the same time. I mean, I'm, I know it must happen, unfortunately, but it it was a, I went from, you know, being cared for to caretaker and uh, we had a great six weeks together and he was a wonderful man, but it was, uh, it was hard uh, mm. to have, it was, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah, I'm sure it was a really tough time for you and for him. So that's tough. So at that time when you were diagnosed yourself, what uh, what stage uh, was it? Because recently I have a friend of mine whose his brother is is going through uh, uh, testing and these kind of things. So I think that there are four stages of it. I think right. the fourth is the last and final, which is I think deadly. I think so. How did you right. deal with that? Yeah, there are people that survive even uh, with stage four cancer. So, so it's not, it's not hopeless for sure. There are some cancers that are certainly more uh, curable than others, 
and pancreatic cancer is just one of the worst. And so it, you know, kind of depends. I had breast cancer. There's been so much research with breast cancer that my, I had surgery and another surgery and another surgery. And anyway, things were taken care of for me. And so uh, I got a clean bill of health, my five-year date. And, and so I was good. Okay. So let's move on to love is okay. <laughs> We're going to yes. talk about something more like joyful, I guess. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, I don't want to ask you about love the world itself, its definition, but first of all, is love just a feeling or is it something that we do as a human for each other? Love is so much more than love is not a feeling or love is not an emotion. It's not like fear or excitement. You don't live in fear. You don't live in excitement, right? Not everything is Disney World and not everything's a scary movie, but we live in love. Love is who you are. Love is walking, talking, living, breathing. You are love. It's it's part of your makeup. It's, it's part of who you are. How you express it and how you choose to look at it is totally up to you. I mean, that's one of the things that that I learned as going through my cancer journey and my husband's was there are things you have no control over in life. There yeah. are some things that you just like, I wouldn't pick cancer, you know, but I had no control. I know I sure wouldn't pick to be 47 years old and single. My husband died a few years ago and, and, uh, but it happened, but I do get to choose some things. I get to choose how I live. I get to choose how I love. I get to choose what I do with my life to help other people. I get to choose to be happy every day. And so I uh, don't take the choices I can make for granted. So with love, you can choose to live it however you want. But there have been some myths, some misconceptions about love that I Mm -hmm. think that we all hear that most of us are taught or is modeled to us that aren't really love. Mm, Yeah. So what, what are some of these myths that you are talking about? Well, so uh, I know here in marriage counseling or in in pre-marriage counseling, couples counseling, and of course, love is for everybody, not just couples, you know, it's for everybody. But in that kind of counseling, they'll say that love's a two-way street mm. or that they'll put a number to love. They'll say it's got to be 50-50 or 100-100. Well, <laughs> there's no number to love. And, yeah. and love is not a two-way street. Love is a one-way street. You know, when you have a baby and you bring that baby home from the hospital, you have complete control of that baby. You decide when the baby eats, you decide when the baby has a bath, when the baby lays down for a nap, but six, seven, eight months later, that baby is crawling and going and getting things out of the cupboard and making a mess everywhere and grabbing the china and wreaking havoc in your home. And you realize that you have lost all control and you will never get it back again. You'll never get it back. So the reality is we only control ourselves. We only control ourselves. So if you give love to get love, you're setting yourself up for heartache, for disappointment, because they might might not give you the kind of love that you expect if you have expectations on love, which you shouldn't have. But love isn't a transaction. You know, if I give you money, and you give me a pair of jeans, that's a transaction, right? Yeah. But if I give you love to get love, 
That's a transaction, and love love is not a transaction. Yeah, exactly. That won't work. So, but speaking of love, should first of all, we should love ourselves. This thing that everyone keeps talking about, because if we don't love ourselves, if someone does not live love themselves first, so they won't be able to love other people and give love freely, like we talked about here. It's not about being a transaction, right? Right. Yeah, it's so true. And I often think about like the Mona Lisa that is so valuable, right? If it ever went up for auction, I don't know how many millions and millions of dollars someone would pay, but a lot of money for the Mona Lisa. And it's because it's one of a kind. It's one of a kind. There's one Mona Lisa ever. There's one. Just like you, There's you're one of a kind. There's nobody ever that has been exactly like you or will ever be exactly like you, you're one of a kind. So you should love yourself. You should recognize the beauty in our differences and the beauty of the uniqueness of yourself and love yourself. I mean, we can be our own worst critics. We can be so hard on each other. Business people, man, if we you know lose a deal or whatever, we can be loaded with confidence one moment and then the next moment be feel so deflated and defeated and wonder what we did wrong. And it doesn't have to be like that. Like, absolutely, I, I agree with you entirely. Love yourself first, love yourself first, and then you can love others. Mm, yeah, exactly. So what are some of the things that thoughts or things that you discovered personally about love and how it affects human relations with, uh, with humans or uh, people loving animals, the people loving their job, people loving their money, whatever it is. Yeah, well, what I did is I, I dedicated a year to figuring out the true meaning of love. I used a 2,000-year-old poem, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, etc. And I took one word a month to figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And every word was different than what I expected it to be. And I was in the country of Haiti uh, mm-hmm. most of the time when I was doing the work, when I was trying to figure out the truth about love. But the very first one right out of the gate is life-changing. Like if if I only lived it for one month, my life would be different. And it's love is patient. And I thought, well, we know what patience is. You know what patience is. You're not stuck in traffic and honking your horn and mad or your kid loses his shoes and it's time to leave for school and you're late. You, You just keep calm and that's patience. Well, that is patience, but... Love that is patient is different than that. Mm. I believe you're supposed to love everybody. And love that is patient would say that if you love that way, love the right way, that you recognize that this moment right here, right now, this is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past. And what's in the future is yet to come. This is the moment. And to totally focus and be totally present with whoever you're with, the person you should love, whoever happens to be your neighbor, your friend, your spouse, whoever, your partner, your people in business, your sales staff, your whoever it happens to be, you're fully present, fully there. And I don't know about you, but for me, I thought I was the greatest multitasker in the world. And I could be thinking about a meeting I had later, who I had to get to soccer practice, what I had to get from the grocery store, something that happened yesterday and be fully engaged in a conversation at the same time. And I discovered it's not true. I can't, I'm not that person. I don't know if that superhuman being exists. 
So when I started practicing this, practicing love that is patient and really stopping and listening, I heard, I hear things that I would not have heard before because I really hear people's words. I hear what they're saying, not waiting with my response, you know, not waiting for them to stop talking because I already know what I'm going to say or making assumptions about what they're going to say based on who they are or based on whatever you'd base it on. You really listen to stop and give the person the moment and really listen changes your life. It, it changed my life. There is a difference, like speaking of listening, there's a difference between hearing and listening. So you just like human. The problem is like, I don't know, maybe people now are so they want instant gratification of things like talking about it's not a transaction. People think that if you give a certain amount of care or money to other side, whether it's whatever it is that you should get at least the same amount back. People look at these kind of things about love and relationships with whatever it is, like you mentioned spouse or friends or whatever. Like it's if I give you this much, you have got to give me this much back. And then right. this is bad. This is not, <laughs> this is not, you, you should give, like uh, you should give, give, give and take. So three gives and one take. So <laughs> for example, right? Right. Well, you know, it's so funny because that's the second word in the poem is kind. Love is kind. And that's exactly what that means is love is kind. When you show love, when you love, which you just should do, just love. But when you love, you want to be kind. So you do kind things. You say kind words. You act kindly to people with zero expectation of getting anything in return. That's the difference mm. is you have zero expectation of getting anything in return. You're being kind because you love. You are loving because that's who you are. And you are being kind because you love. And the opposite then can happen. So, you know, quite often you hear people might say, oh, my gosh, they didn't even say thank you. Or, you know, I brought them dinner when they were sick. Where are they with my dinner? I'm not feeling good. You know, whatever it happens to be. We do expect, so often we expect something back for our kindness. Well, that's fine, but that's an expectation. That's not love. Mm. Love would say you expect nothing. So you give and forget about it. You know, you bring your sick friend dinner and because you love them, you bring them dinner. That, that's a good thing to do. And it almost cheapens it when they feel like then they have to repay you. It's, it's such a better feeling to know that you don't expect to be repaid. But love is special in that you kind of can't outgive love. Like you get it back, even though you're not loving to get it back or you're not loving with expectation, things come back to you. When you live love, things, love just works that way. Things do come back to you. Exactly. This is one of the things that these kind of things because when you love and you want to like care for someone or have patience with them and listen to them, these kind of things eventually take some of your time. So basically, one of the most important assets for us humans is time. So because like you mentioned, there are things that are out of our control, <laughs> like in your traffic. Also, time is out of our control. When, you, when it's gone, it's gone. So you should use it wisely. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so easy as business people, when you're running a company or you're growing a company, you're trying to make things happen, to get wrapped up in what's going on on the screen in front of you, to get wrapped up in the numbers and, and, and unwrapped from people. And so keeping people as your focus and realizing it, that's what life is all about. Life is all about love and relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's love that changes the world. It's love that changes everything. And it makes you authentic. It makes you real when you really do it, not for gain, but you love because that's who you are. Mm-hmm. People are drawn to people who love. You know, if you think about people that you want to do business with, if you think about people that you want to be friends with, if you think about whoever it is that you're sitting across the table with, live with, those people have demonstrated something to you. And typically it's it's because they are who they are. They're authentic with you. So it's not a cheap salesman coming in and saying, oh, buy my product. And oh, you're beautiful and you're wonderful. Now buy my product. No, it's authentic. If you say someone's beautiful, it's because you mean it or the, that they're wonderful in their business is because you mean it. And people can tell if you're coming from a place of authenticity or you're being fake. And real love is just authentic. For these people that expect the same thing that they give, they have it back. How, how would you tell them to deal with this and how to look at things different in a different way from a different angle from a different perspective it is a mind shift it is a mind shift because we've lived however many years we've lived thinking love is one way and then i go spend a year so nobody else has to nobody i did everybody's homework for you you don't have to go to haiti for a year to figure out love i i can give you the information uh but it was a real mind shift for me And it's things I I had to practice. It didn't come just all naturally. I think when you're born, you're born knowing how to love the right way. Mm. And then we lead people astray on, on what love really is. And so it takes practice. And like giving, like I love that you brought that up, that that you give without expectation of getting anything back. You know, you you just give, you just are kind because because you are love, you are kind. I love that, but it's not necessarily a natural feeling because we've been programmed the other way. Mm-hmm. So if you practice by doing something nice, maybe doing something nice for someone that you know could never return a favor, like uh, doing some volunteer work, you know, helping the homeless in your city or or whatever it is, or or mm-hmm. a neighbor, maybe there's an elderly neighbor down the road that needs help getting groceries or mm-hmm. whatever. And maybe that's the way to start out is give, be kind, show kindness, love someone who, you know, you can't get anything in return. And it's amazing how you feel when you do that. It's yeah. amazing how great that is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but the thing is with love, like, for example, it's like how people, uh, like you mentioned with the babies. So when they are like five, 10 years old, They see, their, for example, their parents, their mom and dad, not in, 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 in a kind of sometimes in a transactional way. Like, for example, if it's about money, right? So both parents, for example, are working. 
someone is making more than the other, especially if in the, in the case of female making more than the male, right? So this creates friction and problems and the kid grows up and sees problems and see their parents. So does that start from there, for example, for people not understanding what, what it, love is? Yeah, absolutely. Because it is what's demonstrated to us. I mean, that's where we learn about love is from our parents, our grandparents, our teachers, you know, our mentors, whoever has some influence in our life. That's where we learn it from. And so it's important to teach your kids the right way and, and demonstrate it the right way. And in the case of two people making two different amounts of money and the woman making more, I know a male ego can uh, get a little hurt when the <laughs> wife is bringing in more money. But I'll tell you, in my marriage, I, I'm the one that had the businesses. My husband quit his job to come and work for me. And really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's and, amazing. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have an issue with it because I had great respect for him and, and he did for me. So, and he was great at his job. And if you have people, staff that are great, you leave them alone anyway. I mean, you'll just let them do their job. Right. And so it's not like we didn't have conflict at work. Uh, for the most part, it was rare if we ever, I'm trying to think if we ever had any issues at work. But so I was really the one making more money, but it didn't matter. It all went in one pot and mm -hmm. uh, we spent it out of one pot. You know, we didn't have his money and my money. We did everything together because we loved each other. Yeah. So from your experience, for example, how how love applies to speaking of money, applies to money. Do, do you have any opinion about that? You know, it's interesting. I learned some great things from my dad, who was the greatest businessman I've ever known, the greatest entrepreneur I've ever known. So the things that he taught me were way more than you can get in a college doctorate or MBA or anything else. And one of the things he always said was that money is a tool, period. Mm -hmm. Money is a tool. So you, you use money. Don't ever let money use you. But you use money for what you need to use it for. It's not something to be coveted. It's not something to stockpile up and you know sit on a bunch of money and think that now you've made it. But it's it's a tool. That's all money is. And so yeah. if you recognize money for what it is, it puts it in a different perspective. Yeah, it could be like a means to an end, but not the end itself. Sometimes, right. especially if used right way, wrong way. The money is something that could be used in a wrong way. So, <laughs> so general, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you want to spread love. You want to help who can't help themselves, for example. That, that That's a good way, for example, to, to do it right. Yeah. Mm. So in uh, your, you being an entrepreneur and author, so what are some of the, let's say, uh, some of the failures that you had, the big one, and one of the most things or successes that really stick to your head? Uh, well, as far as failures go, I've certainly had my share. I, I, you know, I think when you are gutsy and you're willing to take risks that some are going to pay off and, and some are not, and that's just part of life. I don't know anybody who has had 100% success in everything that they've done. And, but I think that's good because I've learned way more from my failures than I ever learned from my successes. Mm -hmm. But one of my biggest issues was my ego. 
because I, I don't think about my gender until it's pointed out to me. <laughs> and I've been in, in uh, industries that are typically male industries. Like I own a golf course and there are very few women that own golf courses. And I had one day a salesman come in selling golf carts. And he said, I want to talk to the owner. And I said, how can I help you? And he said, no, no, no. I, I need the owner. I said, okay, my name is Kim. How can I help you? And he said, no, 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 no. I, I, I need to talk to the, to that one guy, the, the, I, I met him before. And I said, well, uh, I don't have time for this. So just tell me why you're here and how I can help you. And he said, no, no, you know, the greens guy, I want to talk to the, the superintendent of the, the greens, the guy that, and I said, um, you can talk to me. My name is Kim. You don't just talk to me. And he said, well, no, no, no. You know, the, the greens guy, the guy that takes care of all the stuff outside. And, and he said, um, and I said, buddy, I'm, 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 the, I'm the one you need to talk to. And he said, no, no, I, I want the young guy. Well, the guy he was talking about was my husband. So he's, he's calling him the young guy. And apparently thinking I'm much older than he is. He's like, no, no, the young guy. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And so I said, you know what? We're done. We're done here. It's time for you to leave. And he's like, what? What's the matter? What's the matter? I said, I, I don't have time for this. You know, it's just time for you to go. Well, he showed up a couple of years later. Like he was afraid to come by again, I guess. And my husband happened to be outside where he was coming in. And Madame met the door, you know, whatever. And, and he, he was looking around and looking around and he said, is that buzz saw of a woman still here? <laughs> and my husband just laughed because he knew the young guy's story that I had told him. So my ego, you know, uh, has gotten in the way more than once. And then I get taken down a peg or two. And that's a good thing because, you know, ego shouldn't be a part of it at all. And as far as successes go, I don't know, but probably my greatest success is that I had a great marriage. You know, that's my greatest success that my kids are all taxpaying citizens. <laughs> they all have jobs, are working and, and they're good parents. I mean, that's, that's really the success in life. Mm, amazing. So what can you add, a, fi a final thought for love for people in general and people who are, let's say, think different ways about love and not in the correct let's say or the right way they might, might be thinking thinking of it as a transaction thing yeah i would say try to shift your thinking if you disagree with me you disagree with me but really think about it first you know don't just throw away what you've heard today but think about what you've heard today and and think about the fact that you don't control anybody so if you're giving love to get love if you if you use love as a transaction it's not you're not going to win you're not going to win you're not going to get as much as you give or you're going to get more than you give just give just love people look mm -hmm. at people for who they are because with real love there's no judgment there's no condemnation there's no room for racism or sexism or ageism or or any other kind of discrimination because you see people that they're all individuals without labels. They're just individual people and just love people for who they are. Eventually we are all humans. We are on the same level of things. So there's mm -hmm. nothing to separate a human from other human, right? So 
we should be looking out for each other, I guess. So yeah, awesome. So Kim, where can people get in touch with you, learn more about you and uh, learn more about your book, Ravis? Yeah, so I'm pretty easy to find because I am literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world because my last name is obnoxious. There are way too many letters, two R's, two E's, two L's, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. So KimSorrell.com is my website, but you can also get there. Love is, is the name of my book and loveis.info. You can get to my website that way, Um, but I'm on all the social media platforms. I love hearing from people. Um, I'm out and about, I'm I'm around uh, teaching people about love, talking about love. Love is my book is available in brick and mortar stores. It's available uh, online at Amazon at, you know, any online bookseller it's available. This is what it looks like. So it's easy to find great big love is. And so uh, have fun reading it. And if you don't like it, let me know. I'll give you your money back. Thank you, Kim, for being here today with me on the Success Secret podcast episode. It was amazing to share your stories and your thoughts on love and your research and working on love and how people should see it and look at it in a different way. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. You're wonderful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.